All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Frady Cat Podcast. My name is Kelly McFarland. And I'm Carolyn Plummer. And uh, we're discussing all things. Things. My gosh, we're talking about, before we start recording, how tired we are. I'm so tired. And I don't know why I'm so tired. It's the weather, too. Yeah. The, the weather changed. It's cold out. It's fall now. You should make a casserole and put on a Snuggie. Oh, my gosh. I, all I want to do is eat a casserole. And drink pumpkin spice coffee. <sighs> I'm not a huge pumpkin spice fan. I like pumpkin spice. No, I know you do. It's gone too far, though. They had pumpkin spice cough drops at CVS. That's disgusting. I don't want to suck on pumpkin spice. I do like, like, a pumpkin spice. Sc- see? I might. Thank God you're telling the story today. <laughs> because my mouth is not working at all. I have a low voice, though, because I've been talking all week. Yeah, so that just shows. Um, also, I my allergies with the season change, mm. is they're killing me. So, like, my eyes feel like they're the size of a mole. Like a, a mole's eyes. Like a mole animal, not like a mole, a freckle on your skin. Um, like yeah. an animal that lives underground that is Thank you. straining to see because yes. it's bright. Yeah, it can't adjust its sight. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, all of the things. I am watching American Horror Story. Are you watching it? I have not started watching it. Uh, it is, uh, once again... Oops, they've done it again. Now, this is a flashback in the original Murder House. Mm-mm. Is that the premise? Not yet, no. I think that's what I read, but I haven't watched it. I, I didn't get it. I, I have to be honest. Yeah? I like American Horror Story. I like the first season probably was my favorite. It was terrifying. I liked the one in New Orleans a lot. Yep, same. Um, with the, Kathy Bates. Uh, that was the, um, the coven. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one a lot. Roanoke went a little off the rails for me. Yeah, I stopped Didn't watching Didn't love Roanoke. it. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. But this last one, Cult. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> there were a couple things. I'm not a prude. If anybody knows me, they know I'm not a prude. But the clowns fucking in the produce aisle. Oh, I didn't watch the last season. No. Okay. I didn't watch well, Cult. I watched like half of it. And then I was... <laughs> I think you just summed it up for me, though. I watched like... Clowns. <laughs> Fucking in the produce style. Yeah, like, I, we get it. They fuck a lot on that show, which mm. is fine. Which they is really fine. Do. Again, I'm not approved by any means, but it was just, there were some things it was just too much. The last full one I watched was Hotel. Oh, yeah, that was Film of the Hotel, and I thought that was really good. And Lady Gaga is just like, yeah. is that, is there anything she can't do? I'm just curious. I don't think she can knit. I mean... We don't know that. We don't know that. I mean, who do you think's crocheting all of her thongs? Uh, she's she's so talented. I enjoyed that one a lot. It was really pretty to look at, too. It was just well shot and really beautiful. Yeah, but the, again, Lots of weird sex, though. Yeah, there was a gimp living in the mattress, remember? I don't think they use that word anymore. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's what it was. Hey, Meme? <laughs> yeah. Meme. Meme. Meme would not say gimp. I was referring to, like... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah. they had that sexual there was a lot of living in the mattress. That There's more rubber suits this season, though. Ugh. There's a rubber suit, uh, which is from season one. So maybe that's... No, I think the, I think the premise of this one, it, it circles back to the original Ooh. house, which was my favorite one. Yeah, I mean... That's I'll what keep, I've read online. Will you I please keep... It. Would you get up to date so you can watch it with me? The way it, the way it opens is the most terrifying thing that I think which is all the phones go off i'm not giving anything away you would learn this in the first 30 seconds if you haven't started watching please don't get mad at me i'm not no spoilers um their phones go off and there's basically like Like long story short the world's about to end type of thing and so these this hodgepodge of people like when you get a flood warning and you shoot your pants and you're driving your car yes okay um yeah and Suddenly, it's mayhem. And then they're all living in this place because it's Armageddon. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, the first week I was like, oh, I guess this one isn't very sexual because typically there's a lot of sex. And I was like, that's weird. They must have gotten feedback. Very stern letters. And then, sure enough, this week I was like, oh, here it is. And here it is. And a rubber suit 
from behind. I love it. I don't know what that actor's name is, that boy actor that's in this boy. Evan Peters? Oh, my God. I love him. He's yeah. amazing. Well, that's why I watched Cult for as long as I did. Love and it. I just, it just, I got soured on it. I, I even liked him in the circus one where he had flipper hands. Oh, yeah. He was good. Yeah. He was so, he's he such a good actor. Such a good actor. I love that guy. Um, so yeah, so it's not scaring me so much as the rubber suits are. No, none of it's scaring me this season so far. That first season, were we still roommates? We weren't roommates when, when the first one came out. I don't out. think so. But we lived near each other. We were living in our, we, you know, as you know about us, we lived in a building together. Carolyn still has our apartment in this building. And, uh, uh, we lived in the same building and I remember I couldn't watch it at night. I had to watch it during the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was terrifying. It is pretty terrifying. It's just anything where there's basement stairs and a ball that rolls from randomness. <laughs> I don't love that. Yet I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched the new It? No, I haven't watched the new It. Because I really like the way the kid plays the clown. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that actually. I think I don't Did think you that... watch Castle Rock? No, I haven't watched Castle oh, Rock you yet. Get up to date on Castle. Rock. I'm. Beh- I have to do my life. Here's the problem with shows, honestly, and television, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. There are so many good shows right now. Mm. I don't have enough time. No, and and especially when you work a lot. Like, yeah, it's it's great to have gigs, but you know, then you can't be normal and binge watch on the weekend. Yeah, there's um. Plus, you have to go out and exercise, and there's all this other. <laughs> yeah. there's a whole world of gotta do your laundry. <laughs> Gotta go shopping, yeah. food shopping. Yeah, I haven't watched second season of Stranger Things, which I you can't. haven't no because I really want to binge it. Mm. I and watched it immediately. I, 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 that show I really like. I want to binge it, and I just haven't. My husband also watches it, so we've been waiting for a moment where we can yeah, binge I don't it have together. To worry about that, I'm yeah. Alone. Well. I'm just saying, I don't know. Because I'm alone. No one gets mad if I watch an episode. He wouldn't be mad. I just, I we really love You watched it. it without me? No, we're not yeah, that type because of... I'm alone. <laughs> we're not... You'd be talking to yourself. I'm alone. Hey, what? <laughs> Did you watch that without me? And who finished the milk? Me! Uh, no, we don't get mad about it. It's definitely just, it's more fun to watch it with someone else. And I, well, so, yeah, then you can I just so happen it. to live with him, so... Uh, I haven't watched second season of Handmaid's Tale yet, which I... I read that in college. I have no desire it, to watch the TV so show. It's so good. It's so good. But I, I know, it just, it's one of those things that reading the book and writing a paper on it left a yeah. bad taste in my mouth, so I don't oh, want yeah, to relive so you it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the whole thing just... It's very well done, though. Oh, it is. I'm sure. Yeah. But um, if they had had the movie or the yeah. series when I was in college, <laughs> it would have just... helped me out. I wouldn't have had to read sure, the book. Sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. But, um... It's just the topic just mm. angers me a little bit. Yeah, oh, and I yeah. just, I don't want to go through those. Emo- I already did that. You I also I mean? want to watch Ozark. Yes. Ozarks. Uh, it, there's no ass on the end. It's Ozark. Ozarks. Ozark. Ozark. With Jason uh, Bateman, who yes. I love. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. I liked him when he was on um, Silver Spoons. Yep. Sames. Uh, I, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, I please Google that now. Because you're missing out, Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. Oh, so cute. And Jason Bateman was uh, not fired from the show, but they rewrote his character out because he was better than the star. Oh my gosh, so cute. They were so cute. And then he went to that It's Your Move show. Oh yeah, It's Your Move. And he played basically the same. Do I have a booger? No, I I think I do. No, you don't. I thought you were doing that to like. It's allergy season here here we are in New England. Uh, yeah. You feel like you have a bug 24-7. Always. I'm also dry, like my skin is dry, so I keep seeing out of the corner of my eye, like, dry skin on my nose, because I've been blowing it so much, which is also super... What we're trying to tell you is, Carolyn and I, were gross and hot, which is the tour that we're going to be doing called <laughs> Gross and Hot, 
or hot and gross, depending on who headlines. Um, you decide who's who. Well, I'm gross, obviously. But I'm pretty gross, too. <laughs> We're both gross and hot in our yeah, but own I way. I don't really wear makeup, so I'd be the gross one. <laughs> I don't think that means anything. Sometimes I wear too much makeup because I think I'm gross. helping, and that is gross. <laughs> hey, are you wearing a lot of makeup? That is gross. That's gross. What are you trying to cover And up? also, it is hot, so it is running down your face. <laughs> gross and hot. Uh, yeah. So, interestingly enough, uh, we I wore makeup all weekend, and yesterday I got home from my show last night and noticed that I had a giant clump of makeup, like, in the corner of my eye. Oh. And I never noticed it, and no one told me. So I didn't notice I was it. With I you, so you. thank you. Like, I would notice a clump. You just went... I can't believe it. All right. You want to try to scare me this week? Let's see what you got. Yeah, so I have a topic. We are coming up on scare season. Um, Do you work for TBS? No, but I'm just saying. It's scare season. There's Shark Week, and then there's the 31 days of Halloween Halloween and... You know, all that stuff is coming up, so all things scary are now starting to pop up. Yes. Um, we talked about Hill, The Haunting of Hill House starting on Netflix in yes. October. All the scary stuff starts coming out yes. in October because of Halloween. So I thought this would be an appropriate topic. Wait, I have a question first. Jamie Lee Curtis is doing the media junket. Is there a new, Halloween, a new Halloween coming out? coming out coming out. That focuses on her character and I think what happened to her character after. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw a thing on it on like CBS Sunday Morning or something. Yeah, she said it's terrifying. Yeah, because Rob Zombie's making these movies. So it's another extension of Halloween where they try to explain the backstory. Okay. And the backstory wasn't real extensive in Mm -hmm. the original Halloween, so I'm interested. Me too. Um, I like her a lot. I love her. And um, it's probably going to be good. That's not the topic today. I know. I just was asking the question. (laughs) But yes, that movie is coming out. Yes. Just checking in. So the movie that is coming out this scare season is a movie about Lizzie Borden. Mm. And Lizzie Borden is in Massachusetts. So I thought it would be appropriate. They have created a new movie um, with Chloe Sevigny. So, I did see a preview that how you for that. Say her last name, Chloe Seveny. Yeah, Seveny, Seveny. Yeah. So she, we I don't, loved her on Name the Show. Big love on polygamy. HBO. I was gonna say polygamy. <laughs> I loved her on that show, polygamy. polygamy. Or Big Love, as yeah. HBO would I like us to call it. Big love. I loved that show. So she's coming out with a new movie, and they had a mini series. Bill Paxton. Yes. Okay. Who passed away? I know. Bill Paxton. Yeah. Um, but they also did the miniseries with Christina Ricci. Oh yeah. Remember? Oh, I do. So this is and a. That got canceled, right? Lifetime. No, it was just a miniseries. Oh, all right. I thought so. It was, it was like a series, but then it, it was. Yeah. They didn't get canceled. It just ended. It was over. Um, but that was very well done. I thought. Yeah. Too. She's a great actress. Yeah. So this story has been around since this happened because it's still unsolved. Mm-hmm. So. For those of you that don't know, the Lizzie Borden house is in Fall River, Massachusetts. Fall River is on the ocean. It's in the western part of the state. Mm -hmm. And it is very old. And this happened, this murder. I mean, there's a whole rhyme that goes with it. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. 41. Yeah. Now, that's not accurate, which we'll get discussed. They don't teach that in the Massachusetts school system either, just so people know. But that rhyme has been around since this happened. And first of all, it wasn't her mother. It was her stepmother. Right. Her mother died when she was a child. Um, And her father, she, she did not give her father 41 wax. She gave her stepmother... Someone gave her, allegedly, because yeah. she wasn't convicted, so we can't say it was her. But someone gave her stepmother 19 wax, mm-hmm. and her dad had 10 to 11 wax with an axe, which they also haven't proven that that was the murder weapon. Mm. Um, and he was 
he was chopped up so badly that his eyeball was cut in half. So, have you seen the pictures on the on the interwebs? Oh, you yeah. can bring up the photos mm-hmm. on the internet, and they're black and white, obviously, but they're like terrifying. Like right. his face is gone. Yeah, wasn't well, he taking a nap? He was taking a All nap. Right, tell us the story. Yeah, okay. Tell us the story. So this happened on August fourth, which I had right in front of me. It's fine. Um. August 4th, 1892. Mm-hmm. Corsets. Yeah. So we're talking like before, like around the turn of the century, a little bit earlier than that. And um, her father was a wealthy businessman, but he was really frugal and kind of a douche. So he had a lot of um, enemies already. Her Her mother, like I said, died when she was very young. And her dad remarried her stepmother, Abby Borden. Um... And she was in her 30s, and her sister was also in her 30s, and they still lived at home, which was not mm. normal for this time period. Usually you'd be married with kids by that point, but they were considered spinsters. Yes. So there was a whole... And wait, how old were they? In their 30s. In their 30s, yeah, total spinsters. Um, and they lived with their their stepmother and their dad. Um, but his face was nearly split in two, so I'm trying to find where they... Uh, This is, I put this out of order again. I hate it when I do that. It's all right. Um, Our listeners don't care. Do you, listeners? So Lifetime is where they had the Christina Ricci Yes. Um, she killed her parents with an axe, or did she? The trial was so sensational in part because the murder was so bloody, Lizzie's parents were hacked to death. Um, so it was considered the trial of the century. Mm. It was a really big deal. Um, like I said, one of her father's eyeballs was... Cl- Chopped clearly and cleanly in half, which is just gross. And then there was the rhyme. Um, and there was the rhyme. And... and they found the murder weapon, right? No. They never did? Well, they found what they thought was the murder weapon, but it's never been proven. And that's part of the problem. So this is the part where... Um, so... There's been theories on what the motive was, and mm. one of the theories was that she was sexually assaulted by her father, and so was her sister. That's never been proven. That's just what people said. There's another theory that she had just traveled Europe, mm. and she came home, and she saw how the other half lived, and her dad had all this money that he wasn't sharing with them, and that she may have just pulled a nutty and yeah. killed them. And then there's another theory that she had psychological problems because her mom died so young. And she just snapped. Yeah. But again, she was acquitted of the murder. So I'm trying to find the details of the murder. So give me a... Yeah. Um, In the Lizzie Borden show, while you're looking for that, I'll just say, I watched that show because I really love Christina Ricci. I think she's like a really great actress and I enjoy watching her so much. And she... In the show, she was not just... It wasn't just about the murder it was about how the murder happened right and then how she basically in this show they're saying it was her and they're like now it's how she covers it up and then she murders like more people so it was yeah, very and sensationalized and amazing it made it a, a wonderful show though it was so good because she was so devious and doing really devious i think she things. was devious agreed agreed in so, real okay life. so yeah. this is what happened they found the bodies um, hacked to death, and the top suspect was Lizzie, who was acquitted but lived under the shadow of the crime for her whole life. Um, so the motive um, that this article says that it was just money. Yeah. It was not an insignificant amount of ill will on the side. Lizzie and her older sister, Emma were products of their father's first marriage to the late Sarah Borden. And although Andrew was a wealthy businessman, he was notoriously frugal, which caused friction in the household. Both the Borden daughters were unmarried in their 30s, a social oddity for the times, and they didn't get along with the father, who was supporting them, or his wife, whom they referred to as Mrs. Borden. That's Abby. But cold, hard financial matters were behind much of the frostiness on 2nd Avenue. Oh. Um... Second half, Fall River Mass. Yeah. So there was tension in the family the months before the murders, especially over the gifts Andrews gave to various branches of the family. After Abby's relative received a house, 
The sisters demanded and received a rental property, which they later sold back to their father for cash. And just before the murders, a brother of Andrew's first wife had visited regarding transfer of another property. So he's giving properties to people, but not the girls that live with him. The night before the murders, John Vinicum Morse, the brother of Lizzie's and Emma's deceased mother, visited the home to speak about business matters with Andrew. Some writers have speculated that their conversation, particularly as it related to property transfer, may have aggravated an already tense situation. Yeah. They they may have talked about something about him giving him more money or whatever. Yeah, this is more than just the parents are walking around with masking tape and putting all of their living relatives' names on items in the house. Right. This is like, he's still alive, and he's just giving shit away. And, right, but and, yet they're living like they have no money. Yeah. Like, he's 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 very frugal. Yeah. And not, like, they're living a very sparse existence, yeah. but yet he's gifting. Plain, yeah. I think is what they would say back in the day. Plain. Plain lifestyle. Right. Yeah. So, with Andrew and Abby out of the way, Lizzie and Emma stood to inherit an estate, which adjusted for inflation, was worth around $7 million. Wow. So, this guy was not... Yeah. And worse crimes have been committed for far less. We know that. That's a true story. So, there was suspicious behavior before and after the murders. And so, this says, though no forensic evidence was ever found to tie Lizzie to the crimes, the clean, handle-free hatchet blade was found in the basement, which was the only reason it was suggested as the murder weapon, because they happened to find it. was the only thing they found, yeah. She did engage in unusual activities leading up to and after the events of August 4th. She'd been seen attempting to buy poisonous prussic acid, ostensibly for cleaning purposes, just before the murders. So that's suspicious. Yeah, that is suspicious. (laughs) In fact, a, a fact deemed inadmissible at trial... Though it seemed to support the theory that Lizzie had a murder on her mind. But it was inadmissible. Yeah. And she admitted to burning what she described as a paint-stained dress just days after the crime occurred. The strange bit of housekeeping was witnessed by her friend, Alice Russell, who cautioned her against doing it. Since the vicious nature of the killings meant whoever wielded the axe, if it was an axe... Right. Would have been covered in blood and would have to destroy his or her clothes or have done it buck naked to avoid suspicion. Incinerating the dress was seen as fishy as best. Yeah. 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 You're burning a dress. You tried to buy acid. That's not admissible in court. Not to mention, back in the late 1800s, they weren't necessarily burning things. They would try to salvage the material in any way they could if it was just paint. Right, because most people only had, like, four Yeah, they were, they were frugal, so they would have used it to make it into rags, or they would have used it for other things. Right. Yeah. So, it sounds like they just bungled this investigation, too, because she gave an odd alibi. She said she also proved a frustrating police interviewee giving inconsistent answers to investigators. I mean, if you watch Law and Order, this is how people get caught. (laughs) So true. So, she was home when both murders occurred. Puts her at the scene. Okay. And the home wasn't huge. Remember, Andrew hated ostentatious displays of wealth. So it was a small house. I did know that about this story is that she was home during these murders mm-hmm. and her mother was killed upstairs. Father was stepmother. Doze, stepmother, excuse me. Um not all stepmothers are bad. No, I know. I'm a stepmother. But I, I just no, want to I know point it out because stepmother. Her, her mother being dead is yeah, one of the reasons it's why true. Yeah. she did it. Good catch. Yeah, the stepmother was upstairs and was killed in one of the bedrooms, and her father was killed... On the couch. On the couch. A snoozing, if you will. A set, yes. He was lounging, taking a nap, a quick doze. And if she's in the house... If she's upstairs, she's hearing a murder. If she's downstairs, she's hearing a murder. Right. So that's why the police were like, but she didn't, she somehow she she doesn't hear anything. anything. And yeah. it's a small house. Right. It's not a mansion. So at the time of her, her stepmother's murder, around 9.30 a.m., household guest John Morse was visiting relatives. So he had been there that yeah. morning for breakfast and then he left. Emma was out of town. So Emma's free and clear. Of course. Andrew Borden was running errands around town and made Bridget Sullivan was outside washing windows. Only Lizzie was known to be in the house at the time of Abby Borden's murder. To commit both murders, Andrew Borden was murdered around 11 a.m. An outside intruder would have either had to hide in the house for 90 minutes or departed and then returned without being seen. Yeah. Which seems unlikely. Right. 
Lizzie explained away not hearing two people being butchered to death, including the thud of a body hitting the floor upstairs, by insisting she was in the barn behind the house. Yep. Upstairs in its storage loft, to be exact, looking for fishing sinkers and eating pears. It's very specific. specific. Like, however... (laughs) And who's looking for fishing equipment and eating a pear yeah i mean gross you can't you're like multitasking to the point where you're looking and eating a i'm pear. specifically looking for fishing lures and eating these delicious pears. i was eating pears looking for fishing lures please stop asking me questions so the police found the loft so stifling hot because it's august yeah that it was difficult to believe anyone would voluntarily remain in such a place for as much as 20 minutes yeah also, they found no footprints in the loft that could substantiate Lizzie's story. So that should have been thrown. What out. about a pear core? <laughs> Did you find any pear cores? And another thing, before the murders, Lizzie had made some uncharacteristically odd statements to her friend Alice Russell. Like what? Which seemed, in hindsight, either a near psychic prediction or a little too convenient given the timing. According to Miss Russell, Lizzie was agitated, worried over some threat to her father, and concerned that something was about to happen. I feel as if something were hanging over me, and I cannot throw it off, she told her. She added that her father had enemies and that she had, she was frightened that something was going to happen to the family. Well, this all seems suspicious. A little bit, yeah. So they had a sensational two-week trial, and nearly a year after the murders in June 1893, grabbed headlines and gallons of ink for its many dramatic moments, a big one when the chopped-up skulls of Andrew and Abby were presented as evidence. Lizzie fainted in court, gaining sympathy from the masses. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about that more. So that's basically what happened. Like, she says she's up in the loft. Right. The maid's outside um, during the morning. You know. Yeah. So, so, Andrew Borden was found on the first floor in the sitting room. There was a huge gash in his left temple that was possibly made when the dull uh, axe went into his head. Lizzie's stepmother was found upstairs on the floor between a bed and a dressing case. And she was hit 19 times yeah, with that, whatever killed her. So that's a crime of passion. Those those uh, photos, too. Check them out. They're so weird looking. Yeah. And she, um, the maid was washing windows on the third floor. The mm-hmm. maid never heard the murders take place. But in later testimony, claimed to have heard Lizzie um, while she was supposed laughing laughing during the time that these murders i mean it is a jovial activity eating pears and looking for fishing lures and also she was hot because it was august in the summertime so maybe she was like i love pears (laughs) fishing um and a portuguese man was in the home right before the murders a former worker of borden's but he was never identified and according to the rumor he was renting a storefront and they discussed the money but he, he was never yeah. A suspect. There were no blood splattered clothes, which they never found them. Um, Lizzie has been portrayed as a psychotic oddball with an extreme vindictive nature, but before the murder trial, she had friends. Um, after the not guilty verdict was announced, she was, there was much resource, res, rejoicing among the crowd in the courtroom, then being the small town. In small town people, all those friends were suddenly not her friends. But she taught Sunday school. She wasn't yeah. like a recluse. She wasn't like a weirdo, except that she wasn't married at the time. That was considered weird. Yeah. Um, but she taught Sunday school. She just kind of kept to herself. And then her sister is described as being prim, confident, um, reliable. She was conveniently away while it took place. That sounds like a resume. Yeah. Prim, confident, reliable. And she never came under suspicion. So yeah. no one ever the the actual weapon was never identified, a reward was set up. I think too for that um, for that time period in our world, to think of a woman committing a crime like this was pretty unheard of. Right. Right? So Which like is the other theory about why she may have been sexually assaulted, because that sometimes happens. Yeah. But there's no evidence that well, where would the evidence come from? It would well, come from him. And there, well, there's more in here. Okay, go ahead. That. Um, but they also said that Lizzie didn't really need the money. She had $1,000 in the bank at the time. Okay. So it's not like money, I think ultimately money. And at the time, $1,000 was a lot of money. Yeah, in 1892. I mean, I would like $1,000 now. 
Um, she was the only person charged. We talked about the rhyme. The root of the thing is money. Um, we talked about that. Lizzie is very handsome. I think she's intense. Her eyes. No, are that's what I'm saying. She's like got a strong. But when she was acquitted, she changed her name from Lizzie to Lizbeth because that's far enough away that no one. Yeah. Can... Change it to Marge. <laughs> yeah. And Eunice. She... Yeah, and she bought a house like a couple streets over. She stopped living in the house where the yeah. murders were, and she and her sister lived there. Um. And then, uh, and then later on she was charged with shoplifting in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh. But the other thing is, um. Did it say what she was shoplifting? No. No. But, um, the other thing that people think that she may have been in a fugue state, which is a psychological disorder that involves memory loss and travel. Like, you can just, you're so angry that you're disassociated and you, you do something like murder someone yeah. or or set something on fire. You know, and it doesn't yeah. have to be murder and then you don't remember. So that's another theory. Yeah. Um it brings us all to the old it brings us to the old adage seeing red. Right? Like exactly. where you like basically you're like, so enraged that you, that snap. you snap and you don't see anything. You're just kinda and there's a couple things in your body, know, but not in your senses. It's 1892, so this is all way before forensics and stuff like that. And despite the fact that fingerprint testing was already becoming commonplace in Europe, probably because of Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Right. He's not a real person. He's not a real person at all, uh, people. He's not. The police were wary of its reliability. It hadn't caught on yet, basically. Oh, yeah. And refused to test for prints on the murder weapon, a hatchet found in the Borden's basement. So they didn't even test it for fingerprints. Yeah. Um, the prosecution tried to prove that Lizzie had burned a dress similar to the one she was wearing on the day of the murders and had purchased a small axe the day before, but Lizzie was a sweet-looking Christian woman and the jury took only 90 minutes to decide that she could never commit such a heinous crime. The jury was all men by the way, too. So there were no women on the jury. Yeah. Which pretty, is pretty, pretty typical standard, for yeah. that time. Um, but she lived till 1927, and she was buried in the family plot next to her parents, which is kind of Yeah, that weird. is kind of strange. Um, what else? Did she, um, did they even test to see if the axe that they found in the basement was the same axe or the same type of axe she bought the day before? No. And the other thing is, like, you had the skulls. Yeah. So why wouldn't you try to match up that axe to see if it fits the... Because forensic files hadn't come out yet. Right. The TV like, show. Kelly, you and I would have invested <laughs> oh, yeah. much for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have sifted through the fire, pulled out any dress fragments, looked for fibers on the couch, looked for fibers on the dead body. There's got to be blood splatter, right? Yeah, it's got to be somewhere in the house. Even. Where's their luminol? Where's their light? <laughs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um... And the other thing that's funny about... Well, not funny. There's nothing funny about this. It's a pretty... It's a little funny. It's pretty horrific. (laughs) But now, the Lizzie Borden house is a bed and breakfast. And I know how you love staying in actual haunted places. Oh, yes. So, I actually... You know me. I looked at the schedule for... Oh, good. To see if you wanted to do that. And it's pretty much booked all of October. I would think and so. And the most requested room is the room where the mother, the stepmother was murdered. So is it, are there like, are they saying it's haunted? Yeah. Do you, do you have some evidence to I support do. that? I, I, I can't gotta wait. Find, I do have some. Um, I have a really funny way to end it too. But the website for the actual um, Lizzie Borden Bread Breakfast, Bed and Breakfast Museum yeah. is hilarious because... There's things you can get. You asked, and we listed, you can buy gift certificates. Okay. That can be used in the online gift shop. What's in the online gift shop? Well, let me tell you, Kelly. I'm so excited. There is a Lizzie Borden bobblehead. Oh. That, she looks really pretty, actually. Yeah. Bobblehead, I that, like that you can purchase and uh, display in your own home. Oh. If you want to do yeah. that. You can follow the link and get wallpapers for your computer. Ew. Okay. There are, there's a tour 
They're every hour on the hour from 11 a.m. to 3, seven days a week, 363 days a year. Have they, is the house in its an original state? They've put it in the original state. There's a couple things that are different. Um, like they used to have, like, but they've put in like the same type of couch that he was murdered on. The same beds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, uh, I would go on a tour. I don't want to sleep there. That doesn't interest me. <laughs> Clearly. I had a whole thing highlighted with the haunting stuff, and now I don't know where You'll find it. Um, Our listeners are fine. So, they're, they're, that's a really they'll funny... They'll take their time. That's a really funny website. Um, um, I think it's funny that they have such a good sense of humor about it. Well, this woman, her grandparents bought the house in 1948, and then she made it a bed and breakfast. Yeah. And so, it's still her... Martha McGinn... Martha McGinn inherited the house, and her grandparents purchased the house on August fourth, nineteen forty-eight. So it's this still in the family then. Martha McGinn, no. I thought you said she inherited the house from her grandparents. Oh, and her parents. And her grandparents got it. it. But that's the date of the murders. I know that is kind of weird. Weird, right? Yeah. Um. And that's where it says. So, this is funny, Carolyn. Here's the supernatural story. Hang on one second. I don't know if, this, if you realized this, but they, uh, there's a guy who did a review on this, and he said, took a tour with Andrew, in quotes. So, I'm wondering if they have people yeah, they, dressed up as the actual oh, individuals. Yeah. Flip through there. The guy that, that's Andrew. Get at, and he looks like the he, painting he, on the wall. Yeah. So, basically, uh, they've got, like, you can take a tour with Lizzie, Andrew, Abby, that's insane and hilarious. It's hilarious. Hello, this is where I was laying See, when like, ye old axe hit me in the face. So the uh, oh, and they have casts of the. They have replicas of the the skulls that were in the. Trial. I'll do that. I'll go on tour of this with you. They have the autopsy table that because they did the autopsy at the house because they did that back. Yeah, then. back then. Yeah, um, that's sanitary. Ugh, gross. Oh, you can lay on the couch. You can. They're reenacting it. <laughs> Tell me about the haunting. I'm trying to find. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's making me laugh. Yeah. I mean, I'll go check it out with you. Okay, here it is. Okay, go ahead. Look I'm it. ready. Meow kitty. Meow kitty pillow. The violent nature of the Borden murders has led many to believe that the house is a hotbed of yeah. paranormal activity, and the tour guides willingly recount their own experiences or those of other others. Our guide, Deb, who is also a paranormal investigator, oh. has had her own experience of being touched by an unseen hand, mm-hmm. feeling a tug on her shirt, and hearing whispers spoken in her ear. Others have claimed to hear children giggling in the attic bedrooms, which doesn't make sense because yeah, that there's no sense. children. There were no unless, small children. But those who choose to spend the night at the Lizzie Borden house are granted a more in-depth tour of the home. Pass. The merit of each possible suspect is weighed and debated. After the tour, guests are welcome to retire to one of the home's bedrooms. You may even sleep in the very room where Abby Borden was cut down with an axe. Ugh. Folklore has it that some of the spirits in the home can be bribed to leave you alone. Mr. Borden prefers a few coins placed on his bedroom bureau, suggesting that his love of money extended into the afterlife, while the children in the attic respond best to toy offerings. With those supernatural safeguards in place, would you brave a night in the boarding home? That children laughing thing doesn't make sense because, I mean, unless it's Lizzie and her sister and they are laughing. Yeah, but they were 30. I mean. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. They made it haunted because it's one of those places that. Yeah, it's like a vortexy type yeah. place. But, like, this woman, Corrine, said, I, too, was once an overnight guest at the Lizzie Borden house. I stayed in Lizzie's room, and during the night, I was treated to a display of rain and thunder and lightning, the likes of which I don't ever think I have seen since. In the morning, we were treated to a wonderful breakfast, including small hatchet-shaped cookies. Oh, my gosh. With red I- edges. The whole experience was absolutely wonderful. The tour of the house was great, and we drove to the courthouse and cemetery. I would definitely do this again. Fantastic time. I think it's so funny that the people are banking on this, right? They're, like, cashing in on the fact that they own a murder house which is hilarious and so um, hatchet shaped cookies with blood trim smart yeah yeah but the other reason that people say that they may have been the daughters may have been sexually assaulted is that the door 
to her there all the rooms were connected upstairs okay. by a door and her bed was set up to kind of block the door and there were nail holes like she tried to nail the door shut oh but she, that could have been her being paranoid like there's still no evidence her yeah. journals were found in 2012 and she said she loved her father you know what i mean like but there may have been some fucked upness where were her journals found do you I know? know they i don't they didn't say where they were found that's crazy but then this guy says that uh, the Bordens were murdered by Andrew's illegitimate son, William. His identity was hidden from most except immediate family. When Andrew announced that he was about to drop a will, his family panicked and set about their plans to kill. Liz- Lizzie's older sister, Emma, wanted no part, so she left to visit her 20-year-old girlfriend in Fairhaven. Like we, that, None of this is substantiated. Yeah. An uncle brother to the first Mrs. Borden, who had died in childbirth 10 years earlier and still close to the family and a friend of T. Andrew was summoned from his home in New Bedford. He had recently returned from a trip from the Midwest. The crime had to be carried out with the stepmother dying first, taking her greedy family under the line of inheritance. Wow. Like, this is just, like, a theory that I don't even know. The illegitimate son was given a farm in Freetown, and he was sent out of Fall River immediately upon birth to hide his identity. The farm given to him by his father was an apple orchard, and the lad became very handy at wielding a hatchet i mean this is all yeah but this would be interesting if someone researched it yeah i feel like it was a lot of time has passed though so how are they going to figure out you know what i mean they kind of fucked themselves by not taking any of the forensics so to wrap it up though yes um i would definitely go do the tour okay i would i would do that with you and there's a really good pizza place oh good in new bedford (laughs) because i did that theater that they redid yes um it's stone like hearth pizza i would totally do that um but this really just wraps it up right here tell me uh clairvoyant kim who is from Canada. Yes. And is a medium. Bonjour. Says Lizzie Borden did kill her father and stepmother. And this is what she says. Okay. Tell me everything. Clairvoyant um, Kim. Yeah. Her last name is Dennis. Okay. So Dennis presented Lizzie Borden her side of the story at Bristol Community College on Monday night to a packed lecture hall of Borden buffs. All looking to answer the 117 year old question. Did she do it? Okay. I'm the ready. lecture was part of the Historical Society's Lizzie A. Borden the Lecture Series. Clairvoyant Dennis of Calgary, she's Canadian, so okay. explained her tale of receiving a visit last year from Lizzie in her living room at home. Oh, she came to her. Dennis, who considers herself a natural-born medium, has lived a life of predicting the future, communicating with the spirit world, and having out-of-body experiences. The afterlife, Dennis said, feels incredible. There's a sense of peace and colors that don't exist to us. Words can't describe it. There's harmony and unconditional love. We do survive this, and we go to a better place. Oh. She's telling us. I mean, I'll buy into that because that sounds nice. It does sound nice, doesn't it? That sounds nicer than the alternative. In her 20s, Dennis began to learn more about her psychic powers and ability to speak to spirits. She started to give free readings and then found herself on Canadian radio and television. She's authored a book, and it's working... And is working on a second. She volunteers her time to help find missing children, which is nice. On the night she met Lizzie, Dennis had just finished a reading on a woman named Lizzie. Oh. Who said children used to chant the Lizzie Borden took an axe rhyme to her as a child. Oh. Dennis said the woman left and she felt a soul remained in her house. She had a vision of someone wearing a long gray blue dress and the name Lizzie Borden came to mind. Okay. Dennis called a journalistic friend, Donna Gray, and told her to come over and bring a notebook. Once the two were in the living room, Dennis attempted to channel Lizzie to see if she'd come through, and she did. First thing she said is, she did it, said Dennis. Dennis, prior to this meeting with Lizzie, said she knew nothing more of Lizzie Borden than having been a possible murderess. Because she is Canadian. Yes. Here's a picture of Lizzie, though. Mm-hmm. Handsome. Um, Dennis and Lizzie revealed some details of what the Borden house at 92 Second Street looked like and gave her some other information about her family that Dennis was able to confirm. Lizzie told Dennis she wanted to kill her stepmother, Abby, but not her father, Andrew. She said she felt she had to kill him, too, or she'd be caught. Dennis and Gray, after the meeting, came to Fall River and stayed in the Lizzie Borden bread and breakfast and spoke to the curators of Fall River Historical Society. Once again, Dennis channeled Lizzie. So I guess she can just channel her now. Yeah. She made her presence known, Dennis said. Lizzie, according to Dennis, directed her around the house and basement and made her see what it looked like in 1892. 
what walls had been moved, and where tools once hung. Dennis said she had a taste of rancid fowl in her mouth and later found out it was due to Andrew killing Lizzie's pet pigeons and the family dining, dining on them for supper, which is also a true story. Gross. That is gross. Lizzie told Dennis she attempted to kill her stepmother some weeks before, probably with poison. On the day of the murders, Lizzie and Abby ate breakfast together, Dennis said, and had some sort of disagreement leading to Lizzie to choose that day to kill her. Okay. This is all from the medium, by the way. After she murdered her, Lizzie went to the basement and stripped off her dress and washed herself, Dennis said. She had another similar dress and put that on. After killing the father, Dennis and Lizzie... Dennis said Lizzie changed again and most likely burned one dress and hid the other. She saw her just before the hatchet hit, but had time to react. Andrew's spirit, Dennis said, was circling the Borden property during her visit, but never came inside the house. Dennis said her feeling from Lizzie was that the police didn't really conduct a full search of the house on the day of the murders, giving Lizzie time to dispose of the second dress and the hatchet she'd hidden. Her motive? I think she had psychotic tendencies. You think? She had abandonment issues because her biological mother died when she was a child. She was able to shut off her emotions. It was difficult for her to love or feel. There have long been rumors that Lizzie may have been abused in some way by her father. Dennis said she didn't feel it was sexual, but rather mental abuse. Mm -hmm. That she felt she had been abandoned by her father, too, as he always sided with Abby. She had psychopathic tendencies. Emotionally, she had disconnected from her family. And when the murders were done, Dennis and Lizzie felt relief and believed she had done it for her sister, Emma, too. She was shocked by Emma's grief and may may have felt remorse then. Lizzie was somewhat nervous about being convicted for the murders, according to Dennis. After her acquittal, she lived out her life at Maplecroft, which was the house she Little bought. house, yeah. In the city, which was she was shunned because she somehow felt comfortable and perhaps even enjoyed being infamous. Dennis, who added a new piece to the intoxing puzzle, is that Lizzie Borden mystery said she wanted to tell Lizzie's side of the story so she can find peace because the case in Lizzie's life has garnered so much interest. Lizzie has been continually pulled back to the crime and to Fall River. When we yank them all the time, it's difficult to move on. She's talking about spirits. Yes, I'd rather that. It keeps them at this level. She wants to know if she did it. So she, she wants us to know she did it so she can move on. Where? Perhaps back to the living world, Dennis said. She found that in channeling spirits... They're around for about 150 years before they're eventually reincarnated and sent back to human life. What is happening? We have many lives ahead of us. And then she goes into the whole Buddha thing. Um, And then this is... And then that's it. So, I mean, this this medium says she did it, so... So we're probably good. It's salt. Yep. Well, gosh, I'm glad. I don't know. I mean, I think that I could see... uh, we did, you know, we we've talked about clairvoyance and mediums and psychic whatever, but I think that uh, there's got to be some sort of truth to the fact that, you know, whether she did it, the sister knew she was going to do it, and she left town. I mean, I do think it's interesting the sister happened to conveniently be out of town, um, and the sister, you know, Lizzie did it while the sister was gone. Maybe she didn't even realize that she was going to choose that day. She just wanted to protect her sister in some way. Um, and also, as far as abuse goes, how are we going to know the truth on that? Right. There's and you no may evidence or... of it. There's yeah. no um, rumor. Like, and what they're saying in a lot of these articles, I I think I printed one. I don't know where it is. Okay. But there was one where they said, you know, she had some of the markings of someone that may have been abused. Um, but at that time, that was something that wasn't spoken of. But because no. her mother died when Abby was at, like, 13, 14, like, age and he um he may have been in a loveless marriage with the stepmother so he may have turned to his daughter right. for that type of thing but there's no evidence of that yeah and also i think that that it's interesting that they they found her journals and it wasn't in there it's very typical for people to not write about those things in their right. journals because they can't right to well, deal they, with and it. they and they wouldn't have right like i think you don't want to confess it to anyone never mind write it down in a journal right because to be find take out it to their grave yeah to be know? found out is is very uh, especially in that time where everybody yeah. was so private and they weren't married and right right you know like people talk Ugh, well um i will go to the house with you 
I'm not going to stay overnight there, mostly because I just, I don't see the point in that. And When I can sleep here. And we can drive home. We can do it in a day. But I think it would be fun to do we the tour. We could go to tour, do the tour. I would like to do the tour, because I think, if anything, it would be super kitschy and, like, fun. Yeah. And they have a sense of humor. We can get a bobblehead. Yeah. Oh, um, a bobblehead. But if you go to the, the, the website for the... Um, the Lizzie Borden house. It is hilarious what you can buy. It's fun. All right. I love it. That's Lizzie Borden. The Borden murders, as they call it. Yep. And it's still unsolved after yeah. 117 years. I mean, years. I don't think it's unsolved. I think we know. No, I think it's unsolved because um, you can't definitively say that she did it. True. I mean, I don't think that she was eating pears in the fucking barn. No. Um, and looking for fishing lures, but I think that if they hadn't bungled the investigation, yeah, they probably could have proved that if she, you know, maybe the maid helped her and the maid lied, right? Because she was there. Or you don't know how the maid was there washing was, windows and didn't hear. Maybe anything there either. was someone else that helped her. Yeah, and, you know, like there's there's been a bunch of movies about it, like yeah. Elizabeth Montgomery yeah. from Bewitched fame was in a movie mm-hmm. where they showed her doing it naked and then. Oh, yeah. Doing the murder naked. They've said that, that she did And then it. taking a shower, and it's an old movie. I don't even know when it came out, 60s or 70s. And there's the new movie coming, which I'm excited yeah. to see. Yeah, and the new movie, may maybe they... But I think if, if they had done the investigation properly from the get-go, I think we'd have more answers. Yeah. It's a limited-release movie, too, so we should try to find it. Yeah, it looks good. I forget who else is in it. There's there we somebody go. Else yeah, there's so, oh, oh it's Kristen on, Stewart. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's the woman the vampire from lady. the vampires. <clears throat> the woman from the vampires. The actor. Yeah, the actress. The actress. Uh, awesome. Anything coming up? Yeah, I mean stuff. Yeah, I know. Me too. Uh, That was exhausting. That was a lot of information. Um, You can check out websites for schedules for Carolyn Plummer at carolynplummer.com and kellymcfarland.com for all of my schedules. This is a quick one today. Um, And if you want to check out the Lizzie Borden house, it's in Fall River, Massachusetts, which is not South Shore. It's like almost in Rhode Island. Yeah, it's close closest to Rhode Island. Yeah, then yeah, then Boston. Yeah. But super fun. Near New Bedford, the big fishing mecca. Yes, yes. And we'll report back once we go do a tour of the house. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the Halloween month is upon us in just a few weeks. So um, we'll try to try to dabble in some fun. Uh, there's a closer ghost, to there's home. There's a ghost tour in Boston that we could do. Oh, yeah. There's tons of stuff in Boston. Because there's a bunch of serial related. killers in Boston. There really are. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of scared people. People are sick here. Well, it's not just here. I mean, the, you know what would be cool is to go to Chicago, and that movie's coming out about the hotel, the yes. serial killer. Oh, yeah. The guy who built the, the hotel. Ter- yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio's in oh, it. That's what the hotel, American Horse, bring us full circle, baby. That was what the hotel, um, American Horror Story was kind of loosely based on, was yeah. this, it's a guy who basically built a murder hotel. And he's called the White. Yeah, he uh, he built like secret secret passageways and like he had a people, gas chamber, gas chambers, and he would like put people down chutes and send them down to the basement yeah. where he had a torture. It was crazy. He's originally from New Hampshire. It's, yeah, oh um, yeah, New England. And they think no, he's from New Hampshire, and they think that he murdered when he was a kid. No, but I'm saying New England in general is yeah. filled with crazy people. Us included. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want to check out our Instagram, please do. It's at the Frady Cast Podcast. Frady Cat Podcast. We still can't talk. We've been talking for almost an hour. It's the Frady Cat Podcast. And also, if you have a haunted house that you live in or you know of a haunted place, please send us an email at uh, Podcast at gmail.com or message us through our Facebook. Thanks so much for listening in. Until next time. Bye. Uh, bye. 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 Bye.